When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Jiggity check check. Welcome to the Starp Shung. <laughs> Sharp Tongue Podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I've been day drinking. So what? It's Labor Day, you jerk-offs. Happy Sharp Tongue Podcast. We're getting this rolling off to a great start. (laughs) Happy start, (laughs) Sean. It's your girl, Jessie Mae. This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. In your ear. How is everybody doing? More importantly, how's Kevin Hart? I hope he's healing. Looks like that was a terrible accident. And in a custom Barracuda, if you haven't heard, Kevin Hart was in a car crash in a custom Barracuda he had made for himself for his birthday in July. He just got it in July, and it crashed. So hopefully he's, he recovers fast and smoothly. That couldn't have been fun, crashing into a ditch. I've done it emotionally a bunch of times, but never in a car. Knock on wood. So much love out to Kevin Hart. Much love to everybody out there in the world. How is everybody doing? I'm sitting in my sister's castle on the St. Lawrence River. We were day drinking today. um, And then we went out on jet skis and uh, got stuck in the weeds. Just a little while ago, we got stuck in the weeds. So, you know, not the smartest thing. I don't condone it. I don't condone drinking and jet skiing. We sobered up a little because we're not complete assholes, but karma got us quick when our engines sucked up some weeds. Like, nah, bitch, don't even jet ski buzzed. It's just not, it's not right for, for the world. So here's some weeds for your engine. Sucked up a bunch of weeds. We were in this like little creek and we got stuck like assholes. It's funny how things come back to you right away. You know, we just want to have a little fun in the sun. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Sorry. Here are some weeds for your engine. But we still had a great time. I've been on the road, my cross-country trip, driving all over this damn country. I'm about to get back on the road in a hot minute. Make sure you guys come see me live. I'm going to be at Lucy's Lounge in Pleasantville, New York, the 7th, uh, September 7th, this Saturday. Come up. Come hang out. We're going to be at Lucy's Lounge in Pleasantville, New York, one night only. I'm going to be in Albright College on the 10th. I'm going to be in Scranton, Pennsylvania on the 12th. I'm also going to be at the uh, KC Improv on the 19th, University of Kansas on the 20th, and Aeronautical University in Prescott, Arizona on the 27th, rounding my two-month trip up, and I'll be back in L.A. on the West Coast for a little bit. Then the first week of October, I'm going to be in West Edmonton Mall in Alberta, Canada. That's going to be a lot of fun. I also think I'm playing, let's see, I think I'm playing um, House of uh, Comedy? Uh, no, uh, The Mall of America, October 17th, 18th, and 19th. That's the comic strip in the Mall of America. 
come check it out 17th 18th and 19th and i think the 20th as well go shopping actually save your fucking money okay you don't need shoes you don't need shirts you need a down payment for a home and only make a down payment for a home if you don't have any debt please follow dave ramsey this this dude has helped me get my financial ass in order if you're having struggles with debt or student loans and this is not a commercial i'm not doing a roll on you guys right now this is not an ad roll this is just something i've discovered i found dave ramsey and he's got such great advice for getting financially fit as he calls it i think fiscally fit financially fit um getting your money tight and right and if you're somebody who is dealing with a little bit of money woes we all go through it it's okay just put the fucking shoes down you don't need the heels. You don't need the shawl. You don't need the sweater. Man, Marshalls, Target, Home Goods, those all fuck me up. Oh boy. I cannot go buy a Home Goods. I'll tell you that much. For sure, cannot just walk by a Home Goods. Just leave it there. Like it like it, we didn't make eye contact. I'm just going to walk by a Home Goods like it didn't throw me the eyes. Come on. I feel the energy. I know you want me to come in there and spend all my money on gray sweaters, but I'm not going to. I'm going to save this money for a down payment. Go by the Target. I see you. I see you flirting, giving me the eyes. I know you want me to come in there and buy all those weird new caboodles that you have. Why have all those caboodles? Why are there so many caboodles? What are you doing? Why are there so many t-shirts with the Jurassic Park logo on it in, in Target right now? What's going on? Why do you have all this 1990 stuff? What, what, what's with the thermal sweatshirts? <laughs> Why do you have cut-off t-shirts? Can I get a whole t-shirt, Target, please? Is there a shirt in the store that doesn't show my fucking navel? I'm a grown-ass woman. My navel's adorable, but I don't want every Tom, Dick, and Harry looking at my navel. Come on now. Jeepers, creepers. Trying to be a lady out in these streets. Trying to keep it right and tight. Keep it right and tight. Keep your money right and tight. Keep your navel right and tight. Life Advice by Jesse Mabeluso. (laughs) And make sure, please, Weeds Day, every Wednesday... We raise money, we raise charity for Alzheimer's Association charities. Hilarity for Charity is one of them. The Alzheimer's Association of America is another one. It's on Instagram and Facebook Live. I get high, I blaze up, I answer your questions. Sometimes I have guests. My mom was on last week and it was so much fun. I think we might have my cousin on this week. Uh, Sometimes I have my comedian guests on. And we just have fun, we blaze up. I feature whatever strain I'm smoking on that particular day. Uh, we get a little bit of love from my amazing sponsors here on the podcast, Absolute Extracts. Shout out to Absolute Extracts for the amazing product. Their stuff is so good. And so, you know, we every Wednesday we meet up, we blaze up, we raise up. That's how it goes. And the time kind of changes a little bit. We're trying to find the right time, but 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That's where we're we're getting high at 5 on the West Coast and high at 8 on the East Coast. So blaze up with us every Wednesday, Instagram and Facebook Live. I'm there. Me in the flesh. I'll answer your questions. I'll, I'll make fun of you. You can make fun of me. I might have some facts that I gathered that week because I love facts. If you guys have any facts, send them in. <laughs> also, speaking of sending stuff in, we had a, uh, a couple people. I don't know if you guys remember when Dan Soder was on the podcast. Tim and I were talking about... Uh, Brother fuckers. <laughs> People who fuck their brothers. You know, not, not, that it's, not that it was something we condoned, but it was just, you know, a conversation we had about 
people who who may have relations with their, you know, particular family members. So I had a couple people send me in some stories. Mallory says, I didn't, this is in the, in the uh, subject of the email. <laughs> so basically I, I wanted people to send in stories if they knew of incest or somebody who supposedly quote unquote fuck their brother. And in the subject line, Mallory says, I didn't fuck my brother, but I know someone who did. <laughs> Hi, Jesse May. I'm a little late to your podcast game, but I love listening to it. Thank you, Mal. I was listening to the one with Dan Soder talking about step siblings fucking. That's right. It was step siblings. I didn't mean like full blood. I guess I took it really weird. Dan Soder talked about step siblings fucking. This didn't happen to me, but it also ha- it happened to my college roommate's sister when we lived together. So this is a little backwards. When my roommate's little sister was still in high school, about 16, she started dating this boy. Her mom and his dad met after their kids were dating. The parents then got married and moved in together. And the kids were still dating. The kids are now adults and engaged. Oh, that's so weird. So it's a happy ending, but definitely fucked up. Anyways, thanks. And you're amazing. Mal. Thanks, Mal. That is a little weird. It's just a little weird. You know, like, I know that they're not complete. You know, they're not completely related and they were dating before, but it's still like Christmases have got to be weird. It's got to be a little strange, you know, just knowing that your your parents are a couple and your stepbrother and sister. Uh, Mr. Feline Facts says, let's see what Mr. Feline Facts says. His subject matter is subject line, famous stepbrother, sister couple. What? MTV's classy show Teen Mom features Caitlin and Tyler from a trailer park in Michigan whose parents married and Tyler knocked her up and then they went on MTV and I believe they're still there to this day. Wow. That's like a hillbilly folklore. <laughs> like white trash legend. Oh God. Terrible. Well, thank you, Mr. Feline Facts and Mallory for sending in your stories. I appreciate you uh, participating in the stepbrother, stepsister fuck saga. I would like anybody, if they have any stories about people who do them wrong, to submit for my segment on this podcast that I call This Bitch. This Bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where you send in uh, a story that you need some advice on or something that's going on in your life, a relationship that you need some help with. It could be your mother, your cousin, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, a friend, a coworker, somebody who did you wrong and you need me to give you some solid advice on how to deal with it. Please submit it in a little segment we call this bitch, this bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just put in the subject matter, this bitch and tell me what's going on. Tell me what's happening, how you're dealing with it, and, and, and how I can help. I want help me help you. And speaking of me helping you, I'm excited about this podcast because this week's guest is a legend in his own right and in the comedy world. He is a friend of mine. I've known him for years. He's always been good to me. I have always enjoyed his comedy. His comedy is new and magical each time you see him especially because of the style of his stand-up. It's so unique and fun. He's a fun comedian to watch, and I consider him a part of my New York City family where I cut my teeth doing stand-up, him and Christine and, and Dan Soder, all those guys that I, I knew back in the day when I was doing comedy in New York City. His crowd work show is called What's Your Fucking Deal? His podcast is The Bonfire. He is just 
he, he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with. He really is. When people say that, I'm like, are they really? But this dude is just, he's a powerhouse. He's a comedy powerhouse. And I had the, the pleasure of working with him at the just for laughs festival for the nasty show. You guys love him. Crowd pleaser, showstopper, pot smoker, my dear friend, comedian, big J Ogerson. Sharp tongue podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening beep. to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional i talk about my dog sometimes each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me i was wide awake at 8 30 i just started it and you just conked back out yeah, just conk back out. It's I'm trying to stay in LA time. That's right. I'm trying to like, you know. Yeah, you don't want to wake up at eight. That's what five something. Oh, God, it's too five? early. What time do you get up in New York? I go to bed on average between three and five in the morning. Holy fuck. And I wake up average between ten and eleven. That's good. Yeah. That's normal. You're not like oversleeping or I'd anything. Like six hours a night. Yeah. So. Three. Yeah. Do you come? Is it take you a while, like decompress? Um. Yeah. It's also just we have such. I, I can't, shouldn't speak for everybody, but I just have such little free time of just yep. like enjoying everything you work for. Yep. Like sitting on my couch, watching my TV, just like chilling whatever, out, doing that, fucking like, nothing. When I get home and my night's over at midnight, I'm like, well, now like my. It's your free time. Night begins. I'm going to have dinner. <laughs> I'm going to have, you know what I mean? Like everything yeah. kind of starts then. And you're like, well, I'm not going to go to bed before 3 a.m. Yeah. And then so I have like three hours just to like, you know, whatever, watch TV shows. What do you do? Like game. if you had time off, like what would your, be the thing that you want to do? Like just do nothing? Nothing. Yeah, I'm so bad at that. I'm trying to get better at them. I'm trying to get better in my downtime wanting to do things. I feel like we travel so much. Yeah. The idea of being off. And then, like, let's hop on a plane two oh. times. I'm like... Isn't it a nightmare? And also, it's like, where do you want to go? Somewhere that's probably far away and the flight sucks. Yeah, you know, and you no have to, like, what. travel for a whole fucking day. Like, people don't get that. My idea of downtime or, like, vacation is home. Sitting at home. Sitting at home and, like, vegging the fuck out. We do now a couple of us, like, three couples. We've done it uh, two years now. Get, like, an hour and a half, two hours outside the city like Poconos yeah. cabin, but like a decked out. Like I right. I'm not looking to camp. No, you don't want to. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to camp. <laughs> like an RV. No, yeah. We want like a, we want like a sick ass place in the woods. And uh, so we. We need plumbing. We've done that twice and that's like super fun. Yeah, that's nice. Just like guys, take Molly. And, I was just going to say, do you take Molly and yeah, like just chill? It's one of the nights, just take Molly and, just, and then barbecue and whatever it is, just like hang out and do Jack shit. Watch Jack YouTube. Shit. Like three hours just watching YouTube videos. <laughs> that shit you had me watch. What's it called? Shreds. It's so fucking funny where they do spread the them. I didn't realize the word wasn't spread on them. Or shreds. You got shreds, shreds music videos. It's uh, where they dub over they live dub performances over, like, and music videos, uh, which is like extraordinarily accurate. It's so the InSync one. I'm, I have to post it. It's yeah. so 
so so good. It yeah. looks like it sounds. It like looks it looks like what that's what they did. <laughs> it looks like they performed that bad. That's how good they do this thing. What is it like to be on Molly? I've never done Molly. Uh, you know what? I don't know if it's because I take Lexapro or what. Several things. We took Molly for the first time ever uh, on my SDR show podcast maybe like two years ago. Yeah, on, on the podcast. On the podcast. Sort of the thing. Like me and Ralph, my partner, <laughs> are so drug, like not big drug people. I smoke weed only. Yeah. Really. I've, I've tried Coke like two lines total once each time I tried it. Like one line each time I tried, right. and both of them after that first line, I that's I just did it and went. I, I you know I, like I don't want to find out. This is great. Yeah. Like I'm good. Like I'm good. Just like it's like it makes me uncomfortable when it's around. I'd almost rather keep it that yeah, way. Yeah, seriously. I don't know. I just don't want to get used to where it's like you don't want. I still used to have that. fans. Often times, like you want a bump of coke, and I'm all. It just it changes my vibe. I'm just like, oh man, drugs. <laughs> like we're doing drugs, drugs. Like I thought we were out here smoking a joint yeah, together. Like just having fun. Hanging out. Yeah, it's like now you're like. Yeah, it's like one guy's just doing like weird. <laughs> it just weirds me out. I don't know why, but so I, I'd rather be that way. But so on the show, we've taken mushrooms before, which I have taken before, but I've done mushrooms maybe four times in my life. Not my thing. I, I just took a little bit and I did not. I don't like the down. There was a weird hangover I had. Yeah, I don't even remember the down from so the first time I took them. Same thing with uh, Louis J. Gomez, Dave Smith. We Years ago, we came back from a UFC in Philly. We used to call it White Boy weekend <laughs> or white boy day we'd call but we made this was the first white boy weekend it it's just because of the events that we choose to go to right. it's not all of us aren't white by any stretch in the group but it was just be funny to have like black and puerto rican people with us being like all right we're on white boy weekend because we went to a ufc and uh like not mayhem Faraz fest whatever it was called at the time we'd always like do that thing together and we came back at the end of that and my ex-wife and daughter were away so my place was open. Oh shit! And we went back, and they were like, "Oh, you've never done. Come on, you gotta do mushrooms uh, with us." So I did them, and Lewis was in a different place. Well, he was wrapped <laughs> in a blanket, smiling, staring at nothing. Dave Smith was uh, staring at like light on the walls and like just talking about it. And I was uh, taking phone calls. I watched. Now it, it felt like I was being super high. I liked it. But something, and we talked about this the other day on the street, I think, something with drugs, I don't, I go into them not wanting to lose control too much. Yes. That I think you can sort of stop it maybe. Yeah, it's To some degree. You have to like submit to it. So uh, I did mushrooms that time and like I had a good time, but I felt like I was always in, even when I would see the trees be weird, when I hear Ari Shafir whatever talk about it, I don't have like that, like, wow, like look at the trees. Yeah, I don't either. I go, I go. The trees are moving, and then I go. That's oh, the mushrooms. Yeah, that are making. And then I, and then I can kind of, then I kind of go. It's like I get zoned in. It'll be. Like, oh, that's cool, I guess. But like, I feel like at any moment, if someone was like, "Hey, Jay, do you have a soda in the fridge?" You go, "Yeah, yeah." Like second floor. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like, Your feet were on the I'm, ground. I'm not doing like, uh, like that's tell that way the tree moves. Like where everything's connected. Like, I don't have any of that. I don't know. And then I took I him. Either. I took him with Ari Shafir again at a Ottawa Blues Fest. Right before uh, Perfect Circle came on, the band Perfect Circle, oh, which Jesus. is, uh, you know they are? Yep. It's the Tools uh, lead singers yep. of the band. Trippy uh, kind of music, and that was just really fun. I, me and him had a blast on that. I heard it's better when you're in nature, like in the house and stuff. 
you don't get the full effect, but like in nature, it's supposed to be ca- a calmer experience. Maybe but- I don't know. But here's the thing: anything that also that can go bad. Also, I'm like I'm also worried it's going to go bad, so I never want to kind of fall Me into too. it. So, uh, so mushroom. And then I took like mushroom pills. It's like so I, I would probably try mushrooms again, like a pill form. Right. But like if it makes sense, it's just like when's what, the time what? to do it? Right. Like, yeah, also, I don't like, know. Weeds great. Weeds great. Weeds great. But what was it like with Molly on your podcast? Well, the first time. I would say it was great at first because we just had conversation. I mean, the podcast ended and everyone took it. So there was just like eight or nine people. And my buddy Ralph's he's got a great apartment in Manhattan. And just for hours, just like putting on music, talking. Yeah. Christine and me both each telling our life story to seven people seven times from beginning <laughs> to end. Like all that, just fun, laughing, having fun. And then realized we took it at about 8.30 at night. And then me and Christine realizing at about 7.30 in the morning, having a standing conversation in our living room, like, I think this was methy. Like, this was, like, more meth. There's meth in it. And it was, like, more meth than anything else. And I was like, yeah, we both were like, I don't know. I don't like it. And then everyone kind of said later that, yeah, that seemed more like that's what it was. So then we took it again on the podcast. And that was great. Like, we took it. We tested it first yeah. and did the whole thing. And took it. And it was, like, really fun. Just again, another night, just, like, long conversation. But just, like, when we got back to the apartment, like, four in the morning four something in the morning like we were like yeah we can get in bed now right like you weren't feeling like you were up and jacked up and all that there's too many things that can go wrong yeah there's so many things that can go wrong but then taking it uh again a few times it's fun but i'm just never where everybody else is yeah like what i think what i think i do i feel like i do is i feel like i'm running like interfering because what you're i'm worried that christine's like you know rambling again like a like a long long story but the person she's talking to is engaged because they're on Molly. Right, of course. And I'm worried that I'm like, my thing's going much more. I'm like, you know, I, I do a lot of like, which is probably a bummer to someone doing it. But I'm like, Christine, just keep in mind, you're on Molly. You know what I mean? Like, chill. Like, just relax a little bit before you're like, you're <laughs> telling <laughs> your life story. Yeah, you know. Christine, picks, you know. And, I feel, and also pick out what you're going to eat because we've been standing in line forever. <laughs> and also being realizing when I'm being talked to that like, I'm not where that person, so I'm getting talked to with a very like, and you're like, you're like I can't like, get away from this shit. Yeah, you're like, I don't know, I'm not really feeling it like that. <laughs> DMT didn't work on me. And it I'm saying, I'm starting to wonder, but maybe Lexapro has something to do with that. I, I would know. think it would definitely because it, it, it has says online that it doesn't. to do with the, but it, it, it's it's affecting your, it's an, is it an SSRI? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that affects it like your synapses. To. It must. It has to. There's no way that it can block. What it blocks in its normal. What I did for DMT, you feel like you should. From DMT, what you hear is that like you can't stop it. Like when it happens, you can't pop out of it. Like you're ten minutes or so gone, like somewhere else. Like you literally, like you feel like you're in a different plane. Yeah, I've heard that. Like, well, just with Christine did not like it, man. Really? She did not like. She said she. What'd she say? Well, the funniest thing was she went before me and took it, and. uh, Lewis, <laughs> Lewis's girlfriend Kim Kong at the time, and me. Uh, you know, we we put her in the bed in the bedroom because we were gonna let everybody do it, like you know, leave them alone. Right. And she took the things and she went back when she started like they said puff until you like, you know, it it should hit like a snap. Really. That's what they said, Fuck, and she was that like, sounds like a nightmare. And she went down and uh, laid down, and we left and left the room, and she came out in about four minutes, and like. Not okay. She was like freaking out, and she was like, "She's like, I don't like this." She's like, "I can't like when I'm opening my eyes, I'm seeing the same thing as when my eyes are closed, and it's like kaleidoscopy." Like, 
said she felt like she was locked into a screensaver was her exact words for oh. it. And I was like, oh, God. and she sits down, but she's talking to us, but she's saying that's what she's seeing. She's like, I don't know. I don't like it. I go, and her face when she was like, I don't know. It just feels like it's never going to end. And I said to her, what I went, well, I mean, it's only been like four minutes. And she, her face looking up of like, no fucking way. This has only been four minutes. Oh I was my like, God. I, remember I looked over at Lewis. Oh, <laughs> I looked over at Lewis and I went, I went, no fucking way dude am i trying like no way like that's not going to be better that's, for me no that sounds like a nightmare but when christine came out i don't know if it was the moment of not really being able to process it yet when she popped out of it though she was like it was scared her, but i don't think she wanted me not to try it yeah. that. so she was like you know misery loves company she was like no no no, you should do it though you should try it it was it, it was <laughs> like it's something you should experience and i'm like are you crazy but i bet so this thing Say Lewis said for him to go in, it was like six, seven puffs. Christine at six went down. I did like seven. And like, I didn't feel a pop or anything, but I was just like, I was like, I'm going to do seven. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, let's see what seven does. Yeah, because eight could, who knows what eight does. I'm like, let me just give seven a shot and then I'll take a little more if I need a little more. (laughs) I take seven and I lean back. But what was funny was Lewis and Kim and and Christine, they all did, like, kind of led by Lewis. It's like a movie when you're in a hospital bed. They're all doing like the leg touch of like, they're like, hey, buddy, like, we'll see you on the other side. We'll see you when you come back to Earth, man. Like, enjoy the trip, man. Find your true self. Kind of talk. <laughs> and then they, I'd be like, okay. And they'd walk out of the room and then it just wasn't hitting. So the funny thing is, while it's not hitting, uh, I'm hearing like wood creaking, which is just <laughs> them. They're waiting for me. They thought I was going to like blast off into this thing and they were going to come back in the room and kind of look. Yeah. And I just hear the wood creaking around and I'm looking at the door, like waiting for whatever it is they're going to do and not like falling into this other existence or plane. And it just seemed like fingers like wrapping around the door, <laughs> like to open the door. So, and I started laughing <laughs> and I started laughing. And then Lewis opens the door quick. He's like, dude, what? He's like, nothing. You're not there. I go, no, I mean, I feel like high. I feel like, like stoned high. Right. I was like stony, but like, no, I'm like here, man. Like this is all here. And then uh, he goes, oh, you got to take more then. Six or seven more. Like, so like a double dose of what everyone's done now. Fuck that. And I go again, I go, I'm not doing more than this. I go, just go. And But then again, they did all over again. He goes, <laughs> blast off, buddy. Like, it's like, enjoy the stratosphere, man. You're a satellite. And, the, and then, uh, and then uh, they walk off again. And just like 30 seconds later again, like I hear the creaking start laughing. And then they bust the door. But again, they go, no. I go, dude, I, and I got up and I was like, I'm not going to take any more because it's, I don't, whatever it is, it's not working. Yeah, that's a lot. And I got, yeah, I'm not going to take any more. And then I went out there. The only time it was like funny, we took like that split second of like, wait, is this all? Because they couldn't believe it so much that I was not, not feeling it. At all. That for a second I went, I mean, unless, is this happening right now? And I got, I just like, just that split second of turning my head to the bed because I expected in that turn. And I was like, wait, am I in the beds? Do you know what I mean? Like, like is this like I was gonna experience. see myself in the bed? And then I just looked over, so but it was such a heartbeat of fear for one beat. You just go, I mean, unless this isn't ha-. I go, yeah, no. I guess like <laughs> no, like that this is fine. I'm like, I'm here. Like it didn't happen. So I, I was like, I'll, I'll never try that. it again. I'll never try it again. I Why? No Christine doesn't like it. I don't want to be shot off into space. I just want to feel like I'm swimming in a pool, not like I'm floating in outer space. Also, I just don't believe that anything you, where it's like you're going to find something. And I'm just like, 
Am I really whatever that thing? That? Whatever that thing is, though, it's like it's in your thoughts. It's already there. Yeah, it's like it's when it goes like I, people say, like, you know, like, you see this thing, and, like you almost feel presence that is God. And it's like you know, this is like you're making it up in your head, though. Right. It's it's all created in your mind. Like it's not science fiction. What yeah. you're taking, it's like you're. It's just your your mind's creating you a dream. Movie. You have dream. It's Netflix yeah. for your mind. Yeah. It's, it's all it is. It's, it's, dream. A, it's upgraded Netflix. Right, it's all the dream fluid, right? Yeah, the ideas, right? It's, it's totally a dream state, but it sounds like I've had enough. And we talked about this before. I've had enough, like, you know, times when I've gotten high where I have gone. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, me too. And you have like those paranoia moments. Like I get, I've had actual like physical uh, manifestations of too much weed, like numb arm going numb. Everything that I'm afraid of would be my problem in right. life. Manifest. So, arm going numb means like having a stroke. You right. know, of course, in my life, Patrice O'Neill at my age dies from a stroke. Keith Robinson, my mentor, had a stroke. You know, so it's yep. like the things you're afraid of, like it manifests like that. And it and it just it just brings up what you're what you're thinking about. You're worried about even yeah. yeah. So I, I, there is definitely like a too much. There's a level of too much weed. For There's me for a level sure. of too much weed for me too. And then also, I miss it a lot. And then I have to like a lot of people don't even realize that like somewhere in the room I'm like talking myself like. <laughs> In between conversations and being funny, I hope there's still a thing inside me going like, dude, your hand's numb because you're a lunatic. <laughs> you're not having a stroke. Yeah, no, you're just a fucking yeah. crazy person. Don't go right lift now. your arms and smile in the mirror like a psycho <laughs> because everyone's gonna know you're thinking you're not you're having a stroke. But I also think it's funny that people like you and I, which I I do believe we're very similar. We watch horror movies all the time. Yeah. That's all I watch. When I come home from shows or just being in my room here at the hotel, I watch horror movies. I've watched five since I've been here. Very interesting. I started The Perfection last night. I'm loving it. It's great. I got to the, just like the, the hard turn, Ooh. and that's where I'm at right now. Oh, yeah. The Perfection uh, with what's, with what's her name? Allison. Allison Williams. Yep. But um, what I'm impressed, this is very interesting. I found. I thought of this last night when I was watching it because I was watching that movie. Christine had nodded off. All the lights were out. I had the the thing on. I've never lived by myself ever in my really? life. I went from my mom's house to a twenty two. You know, twenty two. I moved out with my ex wife to New York. Wow! So you've she never lived York. alone. So I went from, I went from there, and, and when I left uh, my ex wife, like I, I mean, I was living there with us, like apart separately right. mm-hmm. for a while i then moved uh right in with christine on an opportunity where it was like the apartment was such a good opportunity we were yeah. like i mean do we just look i guess if we doesn't work out it doesn't work out but right. we should probably take this opportunity and jumped in there with christine so much so that the even the few times that christine's not there like she goes to la home or something to yeah. visit for like a day or two I've, I've had maybe three nights ever in that place alone and like i see with my bedroom door open even if I'm trying to keep an air conditioning, I leave the light next to the bed on and I sleep with like cartoon. I would never watch a horror movie by myself at night. Now really? in my hotel rooms, I watch horror movies all day. When I'm by myself. When, I, when I'm by myself. No, no, no. When I'm by myself on the road, during the day, I watch horror movies the whole day. But not at night. Not even so, exclusively <laughs> cartoons when I come home from my <laughs> shows. It's too scary. It'll just, yeah, I won't sleep. But if... I mean, what do you think? I, do you think if a if there was it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. If a baby was sleeping next to me <laughs> that I was watching, I'd watch a horror movie with all the lights. So it's out. just the idea of the like connection not, to reality. Yeah, 
Just having that, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of. I don't believe. I'm not a spirit person that believes you in, don't ghosts believe in ghosts or demons or anything like that. You never mean, seen no. any ghost situations? Nothing where no, you're like, no, nothing no. you couldn't explain, maybe? Nothing that I felt that I was just like, was any kind of proof positive of anything. But I'm not against, you know, I'm not like adamantly arguing against it. Like, who knows? But I listen, I believe in it enough, I guess, that I still will run up the stairs from any basement that I have to go <laughs> I into. Do too. Run. I do too. I don't like, like, I. My mind and, I, and when I get and when I get up the top of the stairs, I feel silly for running, but I would do it again five minutes later. <laughs> and if I don't run, it's because I'm having a conversation with myself in my head, going like, "There's nothing behind you." No, and people go, like, "What are you running from?" <laughs> do you know what I mean? And you're like, "Well, I, I, it's like, believe me, it's not. I'm not worried about like a per. It's not a burglar. <laughs> no, it's." It's not a bur- I'm gonna turn around. Man. It's like turning around and seeing like a face, yeah, like a, a like a like a face, yeah, like insidious. Yes, right? exactly. I'm it's always, that kind of thing. I'm always afraid I'm gonna see the insidious face. That, yes, that is a great example That's of what ex- it is. It's, it's a face. Like, it's not gonna be. It's not a person. No, it's not a person. It's just. But it's a demon, and it could even be. a burglar. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing about someone even no. like a, a human being wanting to do harm. Well, we told that story. <laughs> I said about. I gotta turn this into like a stage joke in some way, <laughs> but it's a. Uh, when I was in Edmonton at the condo, they have a TV, which I've heard now from one other comic, which made me feel much better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I would say the most unexplainable thing I've ever had happen. I was in the bedroom playing video games. The not touching strip, any remote right? controls, yeah. House of Comedy or whatever. Uh, the comic strip, yeah. Yes. In Edmonton, the condo, the living room TV turned on at like midnight or whatever. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was like a sharp time. It must have been. It's oh. probably on a timer is what they said the problem was. There's a mistake <laughs> timer. timer. Probably some asshole comic that left and thought that'd be funny, but maybe whatever it is. Who the fuck did that? <laughs> full volume turns on by itself <gasps> at like midnight or so, and I went out there and turned it off, and then did like a sweep of the. It was, I, I would have been terrified. It was eerie the rest of the night because I was like, there was just I tried to find anything like could if I was holding a remote control and it happened, I would have been like, oh, like maybe there's some bouncing yeah, of just bouncing. like TV right, to the right, mirror right. to the whatever. Not even there was just no way it could have turned on, so it freaked me out the rest of the night. And I, uh, I took a butcher knife and put it next to the bed. <laughs> and uh, and my friend Rob May, when I, t- I told my story, I go, dude, the freakiest thing happened. I go, so now I have this butcher knife next to the bed. He goes, uh, goes, what's a butcher knife gonna do for like a demon or a ghost? And I'm like, why well, didn't pack a proton pack, dude? <laughs> I was like, so I'm gonna take my swipe. I'm not going barehanded. I'm gonna take a swipe a- with the knife. <laughs> have a shaman with me that can yeah. you know, yell some yeah. sort of like indigenous like, language into the air yeah is it at least is it at least the dagger of ashante like something that's some kind of weird thing i had to go through a ritual for i'm like no man no, no, just, it's a, just a i think it's a it corningware yeah it's a corningware or maybe a yeah cuisine <laughs> it's a cuisine cuisine art no it's a gordon ramsay <laughs> yeah. what ramsay edition <laughs> How many years have you now been for here? demons? <laughs> uh, this festival, yeah. Like you, you're this like, has to be like festival. my eighth time or something. Like it has to be my eighth time or so since like 2006. What's what's your favorite part about the Just for Laughs? The comics. Yeah, hanging Seeing out like summer camp shit. Absolutely, I mean, we've been getting high every day. Yeah, and hanging out. I yeah. see you very rarely and stuff, yeah, so it's cool to kind. Of, and, and the Nasty Show also does a cool thing with bringing us in. That it sucks for such a long trip. Obviously, we all don't want to be gone that long. But that first week, like when it's just you and that core of comics, like everyone does just kind of reconnect and hang and yeah, bullshit. And, like, and so I make news. So we've, we've, we've met a CP who's an awesome dude. Yeah, CP's great. We've enjoyed him. Uh, you and Bonnie have become like buddies, like, yeah. over, which is awesome. So it's like, 
That's a great thing. It is a great thing. And just to be able to have like real conversations. I, Pete Coriolio was talking yesterday. He moved away from New York City. He's like upstate near Buffalo. He is? Yeah. You know, I'm from a, Syracuse. He has a family and a kid and stuff. So he wanted to move up there. And he was like, just outside, he's, he's, he's apologizing. I'm like, dude, don't apologize. He's like, sorry, man, I never get to really talk shop with the talk shop with comics anymore. <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm like I'm, yeah, I'm like, dude, let's go, man. Bring it up. That's what this is for. But it is that. So it's like that friendship thing. And then, you know. But any gig, you're you're ready to go home by the end. When I, when it gets the industry shows up and I, the chaoticness yeah. of that, like it's fun. We've kind of found our back corner of yes. that of that uh that Hyatt party. Right. We go around the corner. I didn't know how deep that oh that thing goes. That, that that balcony goes oh, all the yeah. way around. It goes all the way. So everyone just kind of clamors by the door, <laughs> and I, we squeeze through all that, and then you go out back, and it's just like. You bring five people over there that like you just want to bullshit and with. And have an actual conversation with Spark yeah. and Jay. And then, you know, the people will wander over, the industry people, I'm yeah. sure. But it's just so it is just that. It's like also the having to like fake pretend you know everybody that you don't remember at all. I, I, or just like the I don't like the fake conversation. I'm not good with small talk. Me either. Like I either talk to you because I know you and there's some sort of like a past or something or or there's a genuine interest. I don't like the, well, look, 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 is the weather. It just, oh I my can't God. do it. Can you believe how humid it's been up here? Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go to my room. It's been really fucking humid, though. It it's has. been really fucking humid. It's been brutal. Do you, um, you and Patrice were very, very close. You and Patrice. I think so, yeah. I think we were, I mean, in the, the limited amount of years, I guess I had with him. But like, uh, yeah, I just thought his, I mean, what did you, know, you like? It's not. It's not. A, it's not a bold statement to say. I just thought it was comedy. Like I was like watching his process and what he did, and he was such a mentor and just talking about exactly. what said those conversations. Like yeah. he was just a guy. Whether it be on the phone, we were both on the road. Like when I was just starting to get on the road, and he would laugh at me for my light audiences <laughs> and everything. But you know, he was just like a guy. He was just great, and I just like talking shit with him about comedy. We both had very similar opinions about comedy and people in comedy and like you know he's, you always need like a confidant to shit talk all comedy with you know what i mean so and so just got it's that is i think that is health it used to be a thing where you're like you shouldn't people you gotta, like, well, you gotta shit like, talk with your friends on. you gotta have you, gotta you have, have, to have you have to have five comics in your life like four or a group of five of you where it's just something where you can go hey like if i gotta follow so and so one more time doing this bullshit you know whatever thing you need that. You do. It's like that with any industry, though. I think you have like your little core group where you just. And that's what also these festivals do. That I like to think that Patrice did with his barbecues, and I've done with mine. What what, what were Patrice's oh, barbecues? Oh, oh, he just had barbecues in like the barbecue holidays at his house in Jersey City when he got his new place. And uh, what it just what it just it's a humanizing. It's everyone stops being hierarchy of comics for a while. And just starts being people who are talking because right. there's there's five year comics who are in their thirties, do you know what I mean? Yep. There's uh, twenty year comics. I'm twenty years comic that I'm forty one. You know, it's yep. not old. You know what I mean? I'm not like a. You're not. You're not. But I've like, been doing it forever, and yep. there's and there's and there's just people who've been doing it for two years who I just like. You know what I mean? And when they kind of find their way in to have some reason to be invited to a th- you know a friend of a friend or whatever. Right. And they come, and I think it's just a cool way to like meet. People. And I think the festival does that too. It's it like does the shows do that. are the shows are just kind of like the in between of the hang. It is. You're like, ah, I gotta go fucking <laughs> do a goddamn interview for radio, whatever it is, you know, right. something local some, sports some radio. Press. They do do a lot of press. Yeah, you know, so I gotta go to, do Netflix radio now or something. But I just want to, you know, you're doing bonfire out here too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but you know what I mean? So it's like it's, it's it's the shows just seem to be in the way of like having fun, having fun and hanging out. And yeah. it's just like you know, it, you're literally just like looking for people. Like, where are you at now? Everyone, yeah. Soder, yeah. Soder did his show yesterday street. at nine o'clock. It was nine to ten. He was back in my room at like ten forty. That's like <laughs> were you guys spooning, meeting and greeting and whatever. No, you know what I mean? Just like dicking around, smoking pot or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just like it's everyone's like, yeah, I gotta get this. And it's like a headline show at the festival, and yeah. everyone's still like, he's like, all right, I gotta go. You know, the nasty show. It's like, all right, we got to go make like 1,100 people laugh. And then afterwards, we go to that diner. And then we're going to eat. Yeah. The bullshit more. Because you're like, let me just go tell my dumb jokes. Get the fuck out of here. Our theater is packed, though. It's great. Our shows are sold out. This is your first time doing a nasty show? This is my first time, yeah. It's awesome. It's an awesome gig. Second time being at the festival. First time I just did like a couple TV tapings and ran around with all the parties and everything. That's great though. You don't have to go. That's that crushes the souls of so many comics. That if you didn't do new faces, and it's like I don't, care. I don't. I'm it not didn't one matter. People get hung up because well, there's no reason to worry. Like yeah, you find, like, Schultz never did new faces, right? And other shit will come. I did new faces. It was worthless. Like was it, it? D- didn't do almost what anything year was for that? my career. I want to say like 2000. Let's see when Isabel was born. <laughs> You're doing real yeah. Bad. I'd be probably. I'd say 2004. Five, maybe. It didn't change anything for good or bad. I came up here with a manager. It wasn't right for me anyway. Went out to LA, had general meetings. I was just young and it wasn't like, and again, my thing wasn't, I wasn't a business mind. I'm still not. Most of us aren't. I'm not at all. You uh, don't have a production I was, bone in your body. I was, um, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I was just a creative, <laughs> but also a creative in just such like, I've, it's been called lazy before, but there's not a laziness in wanting to do what I want to do. Like, no, there's nothing. Lazy I didn't have. It. I'm saying I didn't have four scripts that I wrote or eleven show ideas or any of these. When these people would meet me, they go, "What do you want to do?" I go, oh, "I just like like going on stage and like talking, telling shit. about yeah. yeah, the time my mom said she saw my dick or whatever. You know, it's like what it's whatever it is. <laughs> Can you I know? just do that? Yeah, it's like it's like. So, what are your TV show ideas? And then you start going like, I guess. Uh, Growing up, and you know, I, mean, I don't know, yeah. and it's like, why? No one's gonna buy, or they're gonna buy it, and then it's gonna go nowhere. And it's like, <laughs> I'm like, but stand up, I just, oh, that's all I ever wanted to do. Did I didn't know how to play time? the game at all. You know, I didn't know how yeah. to play the game at all. So I'd go out for those meetings when I first in Montreal. I'm like, so what do you, you got? Have no I'm idea like, what you're doing. I'm like, I don't know. And he would just go make them laugh, and I would. But also, my sets here were just like also put together. My manager had too much influence over what jokes I picked and. What I was going to you know, be super autobiographical. You're selling your sitcom up here, which I didn't have. Selling your sitcom. So uh, dress this way. All these good, dumb things that were just not. And not natural to who you just were. Just worth anything. Yeah. And I left just with the same manager and no further along. A few years later, when, when Robbie Prawl took over yeah. the festival, who's now with Netflix, who's a f- I dear, love dear friend. I've been friends with Robbie for a long time now. And I love him. And he's always been good to me because his. First year booking the festival, he said his two wild cards he brought in for Nasty Show were me and because uh, I I auditioned again for Nasty Show. Yeah. I didn't I didn't just get pulled back from New Faces. I almost feel like I didn't even remember I was at New Faces, <laughs> which is fine. And I auditioned for Nasty Show. I got Nasty Show, and and the two people he took the shot on that year for Nasty Show sounds weird to say putting us in the same class because he closed it, and it was but it was me and Patrice, and Robbie's always had this kind of like that thing with me and Patrice. He was like. So he's always been good to me. Yeah, Robbie. You know, uh, he he would tell you that they made that Degenerates show on Netflix because he wanted to get me on Netflix. I believe it because he said they wouldn't put me on stand-ups I because would they that was that. too dirty. So they were like, "Let's make a dirty one." 
and he and he i mean he basically alluded to that which yeah why not would be super so sweet spectrums of comedy there's so many different well it's also if he, if he even if he did it for me like the beauty is like there's tons of great comics who were like not squeaky aggressive yeah, yeah you know what i mean like yeah. aggressive uh in their comedy so like uh that's my that's they, my wheelhouse they put together such a good clean. group yeah yeah they put together a great group for it to do it too so it was uh and again it sounds so good I'm saying Robbie's made it seem that way, you know, so I don't yeah. know. That, that would sound ridiculous to me. If he said he did it for Joey Diaz, I'd be like, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he has a bigger following. <laughs> but like, uh, I, but I, but I say it only because me and Robbie are just friends, so that could have been a friend move yeah, of him just going like, been, ah, I want to get this that'd guy. That'd be a real good friend. Be an awesome friend. <laughs> but remember uh, the first time you ever got on stage? Yeah. Yeah, it was my fifth time going to the club. I chickened out the first four. What club? Laugh House in Philadelphia. It's not there anymore. They shut it down. Do you remember any of the comics that were on the show? Oh, yeah. It was hosted, anybody still working? Hosted by Turay, Turay Gordon, who does still work, but like, I think he's mostly back in like the black circuit now. Right. Um, oh, that, three weeks after me was uh, Metzger started, and then six weeks after me, uh, Kev, Kevin Hart. Dan- that's right, because I just found out that you and Kevin started together. Yeah. Big J, Lil Kev. <laughs> Big J, Lil Kevin, you show me that the, the picture. Yeah, you yeah. guys got your headshot done together. Yeah, well, we had a, we had a, the whole session. We but right. she wanted to do a couple of us together. Yeah, where you I'm guys, holding him. You're holding him, and the, like you look like a completely different person. Yeah, and you he look looks younger, and he looks uh, yeah, and he looks identical, and smaller, and because yeah. you've lost so much yeah. weight, and he looks the same, identical. He literally looks exactly the same. Like he has not aged one bit. It's amazing. Yeah. Black don't crack. Also, rich black, super don't crack. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're rich, when you add that little element there. But uh, my first time going on, I finally brought friends because the first four weeks I didn't, and then I didn't feel the pressure to like, have to go on. Right. But then I, they paid their five bucks, and I went on, and it went well. I remember two races after I got off stage, he was like, What are we making him wait so long for that for? <laughs> Which I was like, Oh, and then I just ate shit for like, the next two. I dropped out of college the next day and ate shit the next three months <laughs> that sounds about right <laughs> yeah I, I was like what happened that first time i was You're like, like wait it was so great yeah I, was like, I thought i murdered that first time. should i have not dropped out of college it was community college <laughs> it wasn't that study? big of a deal nothing <laughs> i went for a month and then dropped out i was, like, so I'm gonna do- I was for like a year i was like, i'm gonna do this I just, you know, when it was a college, I went, I went to community college. And then as soon as that first day, you're just like, well, you're adults now. So you're like, well, I guess we're done. You only got to show up for tests if you want to, but you got to know the material. And I was like, how about I just never show up ever at all? And, and I'll forget really about the test. You really can make that decision. I mean, it, these, how many friends do you have? I have so many friends that are stuck in college debt. Oh, and they don't, my they're ex-wife? not using their degree. Yeah. They're it's yeah. For nothing. Yeah, for absolutely. Nothing. Soder. Soder's got college debt. Where did he, where did he go to school? Uh, Arizona educated. University of Arizona he seems educated. <laughs> but yeah no, so, uh, plenty of friends of mine yeah are still like having college debt problems and it's like so fucked that's, I'm happy I don't have that I'm Me happy too. I just gave it a shot and went for it I did too I was just like fuck this I got the hell out of my town when I was 19 and just try to figure it out yeah that's what I said when I was 20 I started when I was 19 doing comedy and then 22 after 9-11 man it was making that trip just a nightmare the, a the, nightmare. The, the travel was a nightmare because they only they'd open up like for like a, months and months. It was like one lane in and out of the city. From Philly to the city. We were driving back and forth, wow. like six days a week. Me, Kev, and uh, and Keith, and maybe by that point, Kev, because Kev never moved to New York. He went right to L.A. He got Montreal, 
I went to LA and did like a Judd Apatow pilot, wow. <laughs> like right away, and yep. then came back to Philly and then moved to LA. And then, um, and then after nine eleven happened, it was me and Keith together at Robinson for a while, going back and forth, and it was just like from from being like an hour and a half. And in traffic, even we had fucked up traffic. Let's say two two and a half hours tops to right. get up there, which was a day where you were like, "Man, what the fuck?" <laughs> Usually about an hour and a half, two hours, and getting home an hour and a half because we'd go home at two, three in the morning. That's when the cellar ran. And you're getting home on when the, the sun's rising, pretty much. It's so late. <laughs> Ultimately, it was nuts. But uh, well, we were young enough that we didn't even overthink that. We're yeah, like, whatever. Just do it. You're on the grind. Yeah, you're we're like, we're just doing it. it. And then nine eleven made it like. Uh, like four and a half hours to get up and like three something to get You'd home. You'd still do that during yeah. that traffic. Yeah, it was brutal. And then uh, my ex-wife got her student loans for law school. She was going to go in the city to law school. And uh, I was just working the black circuit, making some money. And we just had enough to like get into an apartment with Kurt Metzger and his girlfriend at the time. And I just moved up. Those black circuits, they paid well. I remember when they paid all right. They paid for that for where you were at, you know. You know what? The few times again, it's funny. You, half of them you were getting ripped off by. You didn't realize, but, <laughs> yeah, but it was better. You didn't mon- realize it. Well, they were smart though because they they didn't realize you were getting much better money than, than a club. you would anywhere. They else. knew a mainstream club at that yep. point was maybe paying you somewhere between fifteen and twenty bucks yep. at that time when I first yep. started for weekdays. Yep. Fifteen twenty dollars, maybe twenty five, maybe was the seller, and then the seller had spots like the second. Like the last ten comics got paid in food. It was called a food spot. <laughs> I remember I did this for a long time. When you're broke, you're like, he, all right. When Eddie If told me that when I was less than a year into comedy, and he came and did the Black Comedy Club I started at in Philly. Eddie If did it. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Very weird. <laughs> but he was just telling me about New York, and man, like it just sounded so. He was like, "Yeah, I do twenty five dollars at Dangerfields. You do a half hour, and then I'll do, you know, whatever." Uh, some other club, right? Like, 15 do the, bucks. like the circuit in the city. and you're like, wow. So he's already got like sixty bucks tonight. And then he goes, and then you go to the comedy cellar and you do a spot after midnight. You get, uh, you know, they, you get food for free. And I'm like, wow, that's like com- these guys surviving off of it. It sounded so romantic. Right. such a cool thing. And then you realize it's them getting out of paying you. you give them free food anyway. <laughs> yeah. You fucking assholes. I know. Give us fucking free food. Yeah, give us free food and pay us, dick. <laughs> But so much of that is like fucking food. Food getting paid. I got paid in hot dogs once in a show in Queens. It was a bar room. (laughs) Just come to a free hot dogs. I took six. I took extra. I did good. (laughs) I was just hungry. I I did really good. (laughs) But that is true. It's like uh, yeah. When I first got to the city, I'm trying to think of what the point was. I'm such a pothead. No, we were just talking about like you. Starting your first out. show and then how you knew Kev as well. Like. Well, hearing that, but again, hearing that whole kind of romanticized thing in New York was amazing to make money. But the Black Circuit, that's what it was. The Black Circuit did pay. Like There was gigs I would do where, not that I was a headline or anything, but even if you would, just the spots were like 100 bucks for yeah. like a Tuesday. Right. And then you got to a point where it could be like 150, 200 bucks. And when I started like doing well in those rooms and it was like I'd be booked as one of the comics, not like a new Jack spot or whatever. Right. You could do whatever, and they'd send you on ski trip shows where you were getting. You didn't realize you were getting it's a ski trip robbed. Show. Yeah, they, you go to the to the to the resort. To not even a resort. It's like a Holiday Inn Express ballroom. <laughs> oh yeah. And they'd bus up like black people to basically fucking hotel rooms and dance in the ballrooms, and then they would I didn't do know a comedy show. Called. And they would always drop the hammer. We never realized we would just get the gig, and we go okay, and we go up get the gig, and then you realize when you got there, they were promised. 
two prominent black circuit comics that everyone was excited for, Talent or Will, Sylvance, and Mike, these, these Def Jam comics that yep. are great. And then they go, sorry, those guys couldn't make it. But they did send two white people you've never heard of or a <laughs> white person who brought his own white feature. Yeah, there's a couple whiteies for you. Yeah, and they were just like, they would just go so terribly. <laughs> but they'd pay $700. Now we'd feel, we found out that, of course, uh, like they, were, they, were they, were, they were keeping... $700 for making a phone call to me. You know, it's like yeah. a dick move. They the, were actually the being dicks. The finder's fee for a gig they were already going to give somebody more money for. Right. <laughs> and, the you know, the place never knew that ever. The the ski trip people never knew. They paid, you know, the comic, the right. the, the Black Circuit comic, like two grand. And yep. then that person knew they can call me and go, $700. I go, seven? You're like, holy For one shit. show. <laughs> one show. I'm like, yeah. What do you think, like, um, have you ever had... Because you talk to the crowd a lot. Mm-hmm. On the road, do you do that too? Yeah, I have to. I, especially until I have like an hour material built up again. I have to go so crowd heavy. And so, so I can't stop touring and I can't do what's on my special. I can weirdly, yeah, I can, yeah. I can weirdly one for one joke if it makes sense or weaves in right. I'll go back a couple things. Right. Like I'd rather do something off my first album yeah. that, we, that ties in. I don't know if you pay attention to my sets at all on the Nasty Show, but I'm yep. doing the thing about uh, not being able to write a clean joke mm-hmm. and telling the joke about uh, learning karate. I was going to learn karate. Yeah, yeah. That, that was like an old joke from like a set on an album. That's why I purposely tell it. But I still pull because it does, makes a good point. It makes, point. Yeah, it it makes, makes a, a point. It makes a point, especially because it has to do with the show. Yeah. So like, uh, so I, I'd rather do that, but I can't do anything from like Netflix. Like the last thing, because no. I feel like that's what probably drove most people to ever come see me on, on my you know on headlining weekends. And I just feel like when you do, I'm, what I'm blown away by is more how many people go, ah, man, I brought my wife. I was so hoping you were going to do the bit about, and you're like, why? <laughs> like, if I want to see a comic and like they were just, uh, do I do an hour of the special I just saw? I'd be like, this is yeah, insane. Like, like, what the hell? Like, this is absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I go, what's possibly happening here? Oh, is it Winston? That's Winston. Do you think it's Winston? It is. I bet it is. Let's see. Hold on. Answer with a Jamaican accent. Okay. Everything, Irie, how you doing? What's that? <laughs> it wasn't Winston. Yes, this is Jesse May. <laughs> yes. That's so goddamn funny. Okay. Your Ross Claus, Boba Claus, what you want? Yeah, yeah. It's intense. Yeah, I've been here for like a week. You're in my light. Yes. Chaplin, you're in my light. 745, got it. Thank you. Is that your transport for Nasty Show? I mean, yeah, it's my transport for the show. And here's another thing. I don't know if you've experienced this. I'm super impatient with details. Like a lot, like, and then they're going to be picking you up. At the, just tell me the time and the place, and let's cut it short. Yeah, I love the chaplet. Like I know. A you can go car. You can go carport seven forty five. And go. Got you. Bye. That's all I need. I don't need any more. I don't need any more fucking details. <laughs> like, well, well, God only knows what could it have. What, yeah. Let's make it look tawdry. <laughs> look at him. He's right in the camera. <laughs> chaplain, come on up here. Get up here, chaplain. 
have you what i was going to ask you before we were so rudely interrupted by my car call um because you talk to the crowd so much as it ever i i can't imagine you ever losing the crowd losing control because you're so good at that like and you've you've built that muscle over so many years but has it ever backfired where talking to the audience either where a woman goes wild or just some dude like it backfires but those are like the most to me that's the most fun of it like the skill i've worked on as much as possible i always hate talking about myself i sound so pretentious but this is a podcast about you but it's i've always fans want to hear about you i've always worked uh what I try to do is always just figure out like kind of like the the foolproof situations for everything. Of course, it can go bad, but I have so many explanatory that I hope I keep to some degree funny uh, things in my set. Yeah, that really kind of break those things. That even when I'm talking to people, like when they get up, like trying to explain that, like when someone gets upset. Good example. I was in Denver one time. I remember a, a girl walked out or something, and it was just I even forget what I said. It may have been a joke about, no, it was like her boyfriend's. Like, I, I didn't even ask her. I, she made a noise. She got upset about something I said. And let's just say for argument's sake, it was like uh, an unapologetic, harsh joke about domestic violence. Now, that you know, that says, whether it's the joke says something about, you know, some, uh, this, this is all made up. This is right. not what I did, yeah. but I, I don't have a joke like this. Theoretical, ever. whatever. Let's just say the joke was about, terrible situation. Uh, like, it's like, you know, unless the cameras are off and then you could knock your girlfriend out. <laughs> right. Whatever. Uh, she has some like real reaction to it. And like, you know, and it wasn't even that on the nose, what I, whatever I said, but I was like, and her boyfriend goes like, yeah, dude, it's not cool. Like her ex-boyfriend used to kick her ass. And I go. He said this out loud. Yeah, I go. That's far weirder yeah, than that's anything far I did. Of information to, I go to give out. You, it's ridiculous for you to assign an anger to this as treating me as someone who could have possibly known that is now twisting the knife on you. <laughs> yes. Like that's crazy narcissistic. And when, and it's just like even a way where it seems like you go, yeah, dude, she was beaten, and you had a joke about uh, uh, hitting a girl. And she fall. I go. Then maybe she should never come out in public ever right. again. Right. Maybe if if she's triggered. I go. I just don't know what to tell you because like I don't know this. And is your question? That's the way I go. Like when someone would say, "It's hard to answer these." Like it's like, do you think domestic abuse is funny? Like who who, who thinks that? Who thinks that? Like when you talk about any subject, they always ask you that. Like, well, do you think rape is funny? No. I had a. It's I, not funny. I use this example all the time with a. A woman wrote we, the, when the Parkland shooting happened, and uh, the like a couple days later, some they they found a video or they released a video that the kid made, saying why he did it or why he was getting ready to do right. it or and it's and I think to the best of my knowledge, unless it was all a joke, but there was something in it. It was like a girl. It was like a girl that he liked. Yeah, it was didn't a girl like who, him. who didn't like. She turned him down. Yeah, it right. Was very simple like that. And uh, and he's a Hispanic kid, and I just remember. That, so that day I go, man, it is weird though. As the whole country mourns, there's this one Puerto Rican girl in Florida going, like, "Did you see what Nathan did for me? <laughs> like, you see Nathan shot the school for me?" And it's like, uh, it's fun. and then a lady just wrote a thing. I just remember getting like a tweet or whatever it was, and it was like, oh, fuck. "So you think school shootings are funny?" And uh, I, it's like, you want to write back, like, "Yeah, like, yeah, yeah." I'm hilarious. the one. I'm the one person who thinks children and murder is funny. I go. But what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, you know, it's like my job as a cop. Like, so I'm trying to bring as much levity to it as I can. I go, I have a, is it more funny for me to go, 
well, I have a 16-year-old daughter in school, so I can't even punish her from her cell phone because I have to worry that someone's <laughs> going to start mowing down children in her school. It's like, so right. that's not funny. <laughs> like, no, I'm on I stage trying to be funny, joke. and we're bringing this up on a podcast, and like, I'm trying to keep it light as possible. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> of course it sucks children are being murdered. It's terrible. Rape, Nobody wants that to happen. Rape is a horrific, horrible it's, thing it's that happens. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like who but – like, But these things exist in society, and you know there aren't really great programs in place – and you're to never help being deal with it. And you're never being complained at by the person who you're being told is the victim of your joke. It's never them. It's no rarely. It's, I had a couple a couple trans when I did the Netflix special and I had the trans joke, which I knew was gonna get flack in some way. But more than coming at me, defending me. Really? Just genuine fans who I've had contact with before that are trans. Or uh just trans, trans people, just, just trans people going like that's a really funny joke. <laughs> Yes, it doesn't matter what word we're called. It was what the joke's about. Right, it's, it doesn't and my matter. My joke's about thinking about doing it, like being so attracted and being like, could I still do it? And then coming to a thing that I can't. <laughs> I was like, but that's my thing. But it also, but that's why if I make a gay joke that's like, you know, making fun of gay people, it's like just... You, it you doesn't don't, mean you, that you, you don't, don't like gay people. You don't have to ask two questions of me outside. And also, I feel like in my humor, you kind of get that everything's like so tongue-in-cheek and, and laughing. If you came outside and you'd be like, do you think gay people should be allowed to have babies and marry each other? Yeah. Yeah, Who absolutely. Cares? Do you think someone should be able as an adult to make a decision to cut their dick off or have a dick made? Like, <laughs> can that person have children? Like, all of it, man. I don't care. Who gives a fuck? It's like, it's so funny how much more I'm not passionate about fighting for those things because I can't wrap my brain around that these things are being, people Fought being stopped anyways. from having yeah, them. I, I go, know. Why does anyone care if gay people raise children? Like I couldn't care it's less. Religion, but what all I about religion. right, but what I need, what I need is people to back off when I go. Because when I hear like you know, gay people can adopt uh, like like two men can adopt like a baby together, and I go, well, I got a million funny things to say about two gay guys raising a boy. Like there's going to be funny just jokes about that. <laughs> And it's like, should it be okay for that to happen? Like, do I need a disclaimer everything? Yeah, with like, yeah, I know. I that's think everyone should. Comedians are having to do outside now. of murder or hurting somebody else intentionally. Right. You should be able to do whatever you want to do, especially in this career. That that's the whole point. And it's not our job to consider other people's sensitivities because everyone's going to have a sensitivity. Bill Cosby, and to a lesser extent, Vince Champ. I did a Bill Cosby. Uh, fucking. I was a t- yelled at and booed. Even it was all it was a whole black audience too it was all like minorities and stuff it was at like hip-hop squares and it wasn't even that bad like it was uh i think i told you about this last night i was doing hip-hop squares ray j was sitting next to me yeah. and he left his drink and went down to go mess with somebody in the audience and d ray goes oh don't leave your drink around jesse may and i was like why you think i'm gonna bill cosby him and everyone was like whoa it's just like, that's just that's just dumb like people sticking behind so it's more honor you're defending this dude who like Put women to sleep and raped them. Come on, it's just insane to get behind that person. That. Yeah, there's so many other. But you should be. Black but icons. you should make a joke. Uh, if if you make a joke that like, uh, you know, oh, I love Bill Cosby. Why? What? Did I miss something? Did it, <laughs> I, no? You know, they brought Cosby Show back on TV. <laughs> what do you guys know? Yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like that's funny to do. That. And I was like, of course he's a piece of shit. Now, but I was what I was gonna say was Bill Cosby fucked comics. In such a bigger way than I realized, and and I said to a lesser extent, Vince Champ, who was a comic who is in jail, maybe still, for like what happened with Vince Champ? He was a college comic, and God, I hope I'm getting the name right. I'm pretty sure Vince I am. Champ? I think I am. Vince Champ was a comic who 
I'm gonna look it up on my phone yeah. and make sure I'm saying this right. Cause like, God forbid, Google I'm it. saying the wrong Google name, it. but I'm almost certain. Grab my phone, but we're recording with it. But it's uh, he got in trouble for some shit. Yeah, for sure. Like Cosby kind of trouble. I mean, he must be if he's in jail. Shit, he must be like in trouble. Well, Vince Champ, if it's the right name. I've never heard of that name. I've yes. Okay. Good. Former American comedian, convicted rapist. Right oh. there on Wikipedia. So he would go. I've, oh, he was a college comic. I wonder if this is a kid. I wonder if one of my friends was talking about this guy. Okay. He was a college comic. And he would go around the colleges and he would go, he would do like those block colleges where you go right. like three, 20 minutes, 40 minutes away from each yeah. other. And what he'd do is he'd do the college, he'd figure out the girl, and then he'd go to the next college and then we'd get done the show at that college he would go back to that other college and rape the, and he would just kind of like so hook and ladder way through and they found out it was him I guess ultimately and he got uh, he got arrested for it and then Bill Cosby's big thing you're just like it does, it sucks man that it existed in the world of comedy these real things because when you go well when do you know someone's not joking now the argument for it is you go well if people are joking about it they're probably not doing it yeah like the people that are making the jokes probably are, 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 it's like the reason I would make a joke where you go, well, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, you rape them. And the right. reason I would expect people to laugh because I think you would look at me know, and go, I'm it's not, like, yeah, I don't I'm really cl- mean that. I'm not clear you're not going to well, rape someone. But Cosby had that Spanish fly joke from the 60s. Right. He had, So he did have that joke. kind of like, you know. Very weird. Very weird. But uh, but I'm just saying, even if like he was so critical about being like in society, you know, he was so judgmental of black so people, being hip hop and whatever. Yeah. And all that kind of thing. co-stars. And he's like a fucking garbage piece of shit of a human being he really is he's you know what i mean like, kind. And, his, but you know and what? i love the cosby show growing I up i loved that show uh, his so, wife is another kind of terrible too for standing stand by, by him. him yeah scumbag but so my point him. is like but that those few bad apples like it does sort of spoil the bunch because then you go well then where is the line yeah you do go where is the line like what you know it, it sort and of that fucking sucks because exactly i should be able to make jokes about beating my girlfriend child murdering yeah. all these things that were that are so it's 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 ridiculous. I would never do any of these things. Right. So there's nothing. There's no reason to even. Wor- I would assume the crowd would go. Well, I would have to worry about this guy saying honestly. If I make a, 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 a what would be deemed a racist joke, which I make w- plenty, that would be deemed. Uh, yeah, so many of. <laughs> them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm just saying, even if you just go like a black guys have big dicks joke, like some people are like, why is a fetish guy? Whatever nonsense yeah. is always drawn up. It's like I don't think about it five seconds after I say it because there's not. Especially if I go. You know, uh, I made this joke <laughs> yesterday on the bonfire. I said the thing. I'll reiterate it here. I'll see if we can get some traction yeah, on this thing. T- tell me. Because <laughs> I said, uh, well, you know, the girl that got in trouble for the... Oh, yeah, the rapper. The rapper. We talked about the XX. X-Tentacion. She made the joke about he was he was there to meet someone to get $50,000. Yeah, he brought $50,000 cash with him. And he got and he got shot. And she goes, that's a good commercial for Venmo. I was a funny joke. We were on the bonfire the other day. So I go... I go, All right, come after me now. So I went, uh, he goes, he, Xtentacion got murdered at, uh, I go, he got murdered at 4 p.m. Um, at a meeting. He got murdered at 4 p.m. while delivering $50,000 uh, for a meeting. He goes, uh, wrong place, wrong time. He goes, also the meeting was set for 2 p.m. <laughs> like, but you know, black people never show. Yeah, like, <laughs> and like, so you go, that's awful. And he goes, no, it's not awful because it's a joke. It sucks. Anyone gets it. killed. I don't want to. I don't want a rapper die. to get killed. He, wasn't he also like a convicted abuser? Sure, and wasn't still he, like, he shouldn't be dead. Convicted, like he shouldn't be dead. But like we're not. 
we're not making fun of like a Mother Teresa figure. This but is even if you are, issue. you shouldn't have to go. It's like I'm not glad anyone's dead. No, it's just, you know what I mean? It's not about the. It's not about the actual person. It's about the subject matter surrounding these people that is being joked about that needs to be joked about because it's a reflective well, and also to, therapeutic I think, way of dealing with it. I think the anger, and maybe I have this wrong. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't been able to see the set, but I think someone says, like, I think someone, she says, I hope I'm not getting this wrong because this is the funniest thing to me. And she goes, everybody's still mourning <laughs> Triple X Tentation's death. Or and it's just like a funny thing to ask a mainstream comedy room because like 80% yeah. of the crowd is going to be like, who? I don't know who that is. That's, I think that was part of the joke. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. And, and, and it's not her saying, no, who cares? Saying, no, it's it's just a funny joke to bring up like such a, you, like a 13 to 18 year old <laughs> audience person who died like to a bunch of adults who don't know who that person is. Oh. God, it's just people being sensitive because they are just so fucking. Well, it's also because it's their thing, and I've, yeah, I've, I've, I have, I have, I have that built in too. Man, I talked to a guy in the audience. Another one of those backfire things you could yeah. say. It didn't backfire in the room, but afterwards, I had to have a weird conversation with a guy. I, uh, I used to have a joke on my set about the, the without getting the whole joke. It just ended in a punch of a girl telling me, uh, what the song, Freebird came on. She started crying and say that. She got raped to that song, which was, it's not that song, but that's a real situation. I mean, a girl started crying at a song. The actual song is funnier that the girl fell apart to, and it just, it didn't resonate with the, the audience. So I made a Freebird, it's a long song. The song was actually uh, K7, Come Baby Come. Remember that? Come baby, come, come baby, 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 come, come. 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 I was like, yes. and I, when she told me that, when a girl told me that sad story that she was like attacked and like uh, sexually assaulted to that song in a club bathroom, you have to bite your lip a little bit not to look as you go, that's yeah. horrible. But here's the thing. There's so many factors there. I'm looking that's at terrible. her. I'm looking at her. She's fine. She's I mean, she's falling apart over it, but I'm saying but she's a person. She's escaped the situation. I'm not laughing right. at someone who's being currently tortured, and I didn't laugh at all. But there is a thing as a comic's mind when you go, that song is on, and I go, why are you crying? And she goes, I was sexually, and you go, like, come on, you're man. Like, you're like, are like you come, serious? baby. Come. It's like if it was like a a sadder song, you, you, you go, it's like, oh, it's like man, God, it's that like fucking sucks. Like Jesus. you're hearing the song and you're going like, I, of all songs, it's a funny one. That you, but it's the, that's I the mean, same. The last time I heard that song, I was getting raped. It's so. the same. <laughs> it's the same thought process though as when the people, people have like a, a a fighting scene in a movie that they want to make funny. You put like a hilarious song to it. Yeah. It doesn't go with fighting. No, it doesn't go with fighting at all. But it, it that that's a ridiculous song. I can't. No, it's ridiculous. So I made the joke uh, about. <laughs> Freebird, and then I said, and I got raped to, uh, I go, it bummed me out. It reminded me, I started crying because I remember I was in jail holding cell and got raped to Rapper's Delight. Because <laughs> so many verses. And then like, so, then the point is about that joke catching any flack. That joke had got flack before, but it wasn't even about that joke. It was when I was talking to a guy in the audience, this guy had a gorgeous girlfriend, gorgeous. And he was a cool looking dude. Yeah. Like a very cool looking guy. And he had a fucking good looking guy, big, like stocky, like muscly guy. Right. And he had a big scar down his cheek to his corner of his Jesus. mouth. Jesus. And I remember I asked, I go, I go, what's that scar? That thing is gnarly. He goes, uh, or his, one of his buddies goes, he actually had a motorcycle accident, no helmet, went off the front of the motorcycle, slid down the road. <gasps> and I go, one, your surgeon's fantastic. Two, you're still gorgeous and now have a badass. So he goes, his girlfriend was so hot. He was like, this guy go, man, I would, and I even tell myself, I would shut down over that scar, man. Like, I would be like, well, I'm a monster, hideous monster. I'll never get laid. I'll never get laid again. And you know, girls will like me, and I'm a piece. And anyway, I talked to him about the scar, came up. We had Joe. It was fun. He didn't have a problem with it. It was fine. One of his buddies, 
Oh, God. Here we go. Comes up after the show. And this isn't like a fight or anything. It was just, it was a stupid comment. He goes, oh, man. He goes, you're fucking hilarious, man. He goes, although, he goes, it got a little not cool there. He goes, I don't like you talking about my boys, like, scarred. That's kind of actually fucked up. I go, yeah, was it? I go, did you like that rape joke thing at the end? He goes, dude, that was so funny. And I went, is it because no one at your table got raped? Yeah. I go, just That's what before that is, you though. talk, man, have a perspective that like, Extinct, maybe this is my maybe you. this is my thing that I have a problem with. And I goes, and I'm going to check in on that. And also, maybe have the presence of mind and not go, I don't think this person's Satan incarnate because they're doing a joke about it. Like, it's just it's a little touchy for me. If my mom died yesterday and I heard a dead mom joke of like who gives a fuck mom joke like today I might not like it yeah, but yeah, I'm not going to go trigger you a little. who said it I'm right I'm, I would just go it's like oof I'm like ah, I can't listen to this one right yeah. now you know what I mean that's and your like, responsibility to like dip remove off. yourself I would talk to that comic or walk back in the room five minutes later and be like, like oh, an adult and go okay or, or, or honestly myself when I probably wouldn't be in the audience of a comedy club if my yeah, mom died two days yeah, later. And just, you know what I'm saying? All the situations that all the situations that you can justify those those reactions even are you're like, what are you doing at a comedy club? Yeah, Do you why, know what I mean? If you're not healed. If the word rape shuts you off, just steer clear. I had that happen to me when I was It doing can shows. happen because it could happen. I was in Detroit and I have a set about rape because I was raped and I've turned it into jokes. And uh, afterwards these two girls got me off stage and they're like, we need to talk to you. We need to give you our opinion about your rape jokes. And I was like, okay. And she told me how insensitive they were and how it's promoting rape culture and all these language. All Do you say things. that it happened to you No. on stage? Nope. Um, I love that. I love that. That's what a back pocket thing for people to come up to you to start yeah, that shit. And just, and, and, they, and they didn't have any idea of the, of the origin of it. And I go, you know, well, let me ask you a question. Did you, were you raped? And she was like, yeah. And I go, that's that's the problem. It's not my joke. It's that you haven't healed from your situation. And I was like, I should let you know that I was raped. And I do talk about it. And I talk about it because humor has helped me deal with it. Sure. So maybe before you go and you talk some shit to somebody who's on stage talking about something that triggers you, maybe you, you might want to take some time that's you, that's to help you. heal. It's you. It's you. you. It has to do with you being triggered. It's not the joke. And then I go, you know, maybe the jokes need to be funnier. Do you know a little? Sure. But, but I'll always work on that, but I'm not going to not talk about it because I might trigger Bethany in Detroit, Michigan. It's so. And the people not realize that when someone makes like an, a firm thing, like funny is so subjective. It's so subjective. I didn't like Tropic Thunder. People love it. I don't go, it's a shitty movie. I say, I go, I just didn't, it didn't make me laugh. Yeah, I, it, it didn't catch me. for everybody. Exactly. Step Brothers, I think, is leaps and bounds funnier oh, than so the, the funny. thing. I and some Step people Brothers. like, you know, so it's like, uh, who cares? <laughs> but I don't go, Tropic Thunder is a piece of shit. I go, oh, yeah, people love it. I just didn't, it didn't, didn't catch me for some reason. Right. But no one sees subjective. Everyone's or is the it's center of their own, own universe. Their so own when universe, someone puts a thing out self. there and they go, that joke's not funny. It's offensive, and you're a piece of shit. And what, what's a what's a great thing to do too when that happens live? Pro tip. Pro tip. <laughs> this is a fun DJ one though. DJ pro tip. Oh man, I already forgot it. Stoned idiot. When you am I getting dementia? When people. <laughs> you're like, here's a pro tip about when you. It was uh, going to be so something good. Something live to deal with them when they're live when they say something to you. You were talking about like a heckling situation. Yeah, I know. Scenario. What's the pro tip? What do you it's do? It's a heckling situation. Yeah, but, it's like, oh, what? well, if any. First of all, if it's not even the one I had in my mind, another good one always with crowd work stuff always is yeah. like if you're willing to be 
Oh, it is sort of the same thing that I was going to say. If you're willing to be a victim a little bit, it's like rope-a-dope with the audience, like the manipulation of it. Like yeah. if you let someone who's yelling out stuff be like, let them be shitty to you a little bit, like how fast you can redirect the audience mm. to them. Uh. If you're willing to just go, it's like, it's like, oh, what are you so upset about, ma'am or sir? Like I just like, I'm just trying to make you like, explain like the most like the core naive actual childlike Response. interest in doing comedy yeah. that I think we all have to some degree is yeah. like, no, no, you don't understand. It's like, I'm all fucked up and like, I want you guys to like me. So when I come up here, my thing is I want all you guys to leave here going like, that was the funniest show ever. So if you're upset, I don't want to say, well, maybe if you were more funny, and you just like eat that shit a little yeah. bit. By two minutes later, you'd be like, I hope your mother gets cancer raped into her by a pack <laughs> of Nicaraguans later. And the, and the crowd will be like, yeah, right. Fuck his mom. Because it's just turning them to realize like how shitty they're being. Right, and they're showing their true color by yeah. talking shit about you. But if, but also... They're like, they're like wounded babies. But the other fun pro tip is <laughs> getting the audience on your side by actually telling them what's happening when someone does that. Yeah. When you, especially, here's the thing. If you're, bom- the psychology. if you're bombing and a guy starts heckling, like you're a little lost on this. But for the most part, a heckler comes in. At this point, too, we have our crowds. You know what yep. I mean? Like the people show up. A majority show up for us. So if you have your crowd and you're talking and, and and someone's like, you know, it's just not funny. Well, you suck. Like tell a joke that's funny. And you're doing even moderately well with the audience. Yep. Informing the audience, you go, you know, this guy is saying you are wrong. Like he's calling all of us pieces of shit. Right, for laughing. Like you're enjoying it. You're having a good, when people are like, I'm having a great time. You go, they're saying that you're wrong. That's like a really you, great way you, to deal you, you, you like this joke, so you are a piece of whatever he thinks of me that he's saying. He also <laughs> thinks of you for enjoying it because he believes he's right. Yeah, he believes like he's, he's saying that he's saying you. you. This is not funny. Yep, it's bad. <laughs> and they fucking uh, and, and the crowd will very quickly be like, "Yeah, what the fuck's that supposed <laughs> to mean?" Fuck this guy. Yeah. That's a dead mom joke, but my mom's dead. I'm not yeah, fucking I'm, mad I'm about fine. it. I'm fine. I'm not offended. What's your fucking problem? Yeah, why are you saying I'm an asshole? You saying I don't love my mom? Like you just get people get when they start people they feel like they're being attacked <laughs> and not just you on stage. You're like, yeah, this person hates you for liking what I just said. <laughs> and I was up here just killing yeah, it. Can all these people be wrong? <laughs> I know every just only, that lady only is your right. Your opinion represents this whole room's opinion. But it's just even asking them that, you're like, so what are you saying about the rest of the crowd? Because like, everyone's laughed at it. Like, you're upset. Like, is it maybe you? But they never. And I've also learned to stop wasting my time after a show. That's why I said I wait to go out and then go out like 15, 20 minutes after the show. When and real fans, fans want to come in. Because I've had a person, I mean, in, I'll never forget that, man, in what, Seattle like or whatever, Washington. Not like I guess sort of, but just like a lady waiting in line in a meet and greet line. One of those places doesn't organize meet and greet. Yeah. Um, to wait like a half hour in line wow. to get up to me and I'm you know I'm sh- ready to shake hands and do like the human being that I am I'm like thank you so much for coming out yep. so cool for you to be here for her to uh, go I think you're a funny guy oh god but like I already want to set her on fire the subjects like can you just do any is it all dirty and it's all I go you know I don't even know I'm like, I'm like was this one all dirty I asked yeah it can be I'm dirty for sure dirty comic she goes, there's just so many, you know, they just legalized marijuana here and they got this and the politics going, like, you so many other subjects. And I go, right. But, and this, she was the last lady I've ever tried to have a conversation with after a show. And yeah, because I go, you're yeah. not going to, because I go, miss, just so you know, I flew out here on the same plane as him. Like, Gary Goldman is at uh, Tacoma Comedy Club. Pretty squeaky clean. <clears throat> Fucking brilliant. 
so funny and just like probably like more like what you're looking for because like if you think i'm funny like he's definitely got like edge of funny yes it's not like pussy shit i was like but it's clean and he's and he's world class joke right she goes but i like coming to this club and it's just like five minutes of a thing just going like because she seemed like a to- a put together lady you know what i mean pays bills uh, whatever together looks good but there's always something i don't but i'm even that. saying like pretty i don't even remember she was pretty she was like a little older uh, but she was just like put together like a, a woman who seemed like she just had her shit together. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like a like a wing nut coming up to me right. saying like, "Why, well, yeah, you know, a crazy like protester lady?" <laughs> she's no going, she goes, "I like come, like I, I, I like coming to this this club, and I don't know." And I go, "Miss, but you just waited in line for a half hour. You're the first person who said something negative, and it's just like." And these you, people you, wonder asking, why they're not happy. It's like you're asking me. It's like, do you realize that you're asking me to change the complete thing it is that I do, the lane that I'm in, doing what I do. To change that for for, Just for you. you, like you miss you, whatever your name is. Your idea you're the, should be the thing, the epicenter of everything I talk about. She it's just crazy. and she just like they can't. She they almost That's say yes. Crazy. They almost say some version of yes to that. Like no, it's, it's just that you go. It's like no, it's what you're. It's exactly, exactly what, what you're, you're asking That's for. What you're asking for a hundred percent. And if That's I came, insane. but you don't understand, Miss. That if I came at it for you and I was like. Being married to card, huh? Like, oh, how are you and your wife going to figure out what to watch on TV? There's like 3,000 channels. Like, I go, whatever the nonsense it is she wants yeah, to hear. Is, whatever the comfortable stuff is that you need I, I go, that my, you can handle. The, let's say the 50 out of uh, 200 people that were there, or 50 out of, uh, let's say 50 out of 150 people that were there for that show that are there to see me, those 50 people are going to be like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, we come here to watch him. Fuck with the audience and say his dirty jokes and you know <laughs> say whatever. Yeah, we're not uh, here for the squeaky clean. We're here for Big J. We're not here for like our squeaky clean church I have comedy. To, like what? Is what it, is this? This went so start? fast. I have yes, to go because I, I have a meeting. Uh, well, tell for tell food. these people where they can fucking find you. Uh, at Big J Okerson uh, on all social media. Legion of Skanks podcast on guestdigitalnetwork.com. Uh, eight latest episodes always free. I guess Digital Network is the most offensive podcast on earth. That's how we label it. So no one could ever come. Whenever they come at us to go, how could you? Goes, we said it's the most offensive did podcast you, on earth. Did you hear the tagline? You did say that. Uh, Bonfires on Sirius Satellite Radio. Uh, specials. Channel 95, Comedy Central. Uh, in LA, 3 to 5. And then uh, it's, it's uh, West East Coast, 6 to 8 p.m. And then uh, Netflix, Degenerates. I have a Comedy Central special you could find on iTunes. <laughs> Comedy Central likes to bury all of your yeah. all of your stuff. Jesus. And uh, I love talking to you. It's been so fun you're being great. here with you this week. You're you're you're, uh, you're my long lost brother. Oh yeah. I need to get high and watch more <laughs> watch some horror movies with you. Oh yeah. Bye. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.